When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360 is back. We are back in Knoxville. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. We were here yesterday for Tennessee and Bowling Green, and now we're here to recap it all. A jam-packed guest list on Outkick 360 today, recapping all things college football from last night at Neyland Stadium, and then we'll look ahead to the great football weekend where college football really gets going tonight and tomorrow. Chad, hope you're doing well. What a cool backdrop. A little bit different than the backdrop yesterday. There was a human backdrop yesterday. Today we're in a very historic building in yes. downtown Knoxville at Clancy's Tavern and Whiskey House. Hutton, you know that I love a good whiskey house. Anything that's titled Whiskey House, I'm all for. And that's where we're going to be broadcasting for the next three hours. Really cool surrounding for a really cool guest list that's going to be swinging by very Knoxville-centric yesterday. We've got some special Knoxville guests today as well. Grant Furking, Tennessee wide receiver, is on the show in roughly 15 minutes or so. Looking forward to that. Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton will be here live on site with us at Clancy's. We'll talk with him about his first start for the Big Orange. That is around 325 at 350. Uh, Hunter Bedour and James Clausen of Spire Sports will swing by the show. Plus, Austin Price, Brent Hubbs, the VolQuest Power Hour is today at 4 o'clock Eastern. And at 5.15, Tennessee baseball coach Tony Vitello is on the show. PK is also going to check in from Nashville. I love the chemistry between uh, Austin Price and Brent Hubbs. We've yet to have that chemistry live in person because they're always on Zoom, and it's a little bit different on Zoom. Uh, those two guys sitting in between us today is going to be a real tweet, a treat um, that we will tweet about also. <laughs> and it's also very cool because we get them the day after a game, uh, which is awesome. I also have to share this quick story. Today in Knoxville, my favorite lunch spot in Knoxville is Litton's, uh, which is in Fountain City. And those who know Knoxville know that Litton's is famous for its burger. So we go to Litton's today. <laughs> Hutton in his first appearance ever in Litton's does not opt for the burger. Hutton, you ordered instead? I, I The tried and true. I, you, I'm either getting a salad or the vegetable plate, if offered, anywhere I go. Guaranteed. Hutton, uh, the farm guy uh, of the group, <laughs> right, shows up and goes vegetable plate at Litton's, which to this day I think our waitress died a little bit in that moment. We didn't say yeah. that it was his first time. And I'm not going to tell anybody what to order anywhere. That I ruined go. her day. But uh, the fact that you went with that and not the Litton's burger – uh, the one with pimento cheese on it that I got was very disappointing to me. But how were your veggies, Hutton? Uh, delicious. Good. Delicious. It hit the spot. Uh, it, ch- Chad's not wrong. The waitress looked at me like, you're getting a vegetable plate? 
No. Here at Litton's, everyone else got a, got a burger and other so things. So here's your plate of fries yeah. on the side also. Just kind of put it, <laughs> like, pr- pushed it out into the middle of the table. Like, wh- who in the world does something like this at Litton's? What a blast last night. Yeah. Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson, everybody hanging out. Uh, it, it, Levi Gibson as well. Uh, the Fox crew, Clay Travis. Uh, it was outstanding. And um, we had the post party at Uptown. Grant Furking and his crew came by after the game. And let's start there. Tennessee wins game number one. Chad, they didn't cover. We talked about this. Would they be able to cover the spread that kept rising nearing kickoff? Uh, but the final score is the final score. Bowling Green didn't put up much of a fight. And you knew that from the first couple of drives. Well, and we're watching that final drive uh, where Tennessee fumbles as they're, I think, at the 25-yard line about yeah. to score. And that touchdown would have won that guy $220,000. <laughs> All I kept thinking about was the dude who bet $220,000 on Tennessee to cover. 35 and uh, a half. That 35 and a half, and they won by 32. Um, you know, we talked about it, too. We thought Tennessee would win easily, which they did. I, did, I thought 35 and a half or 37. It's a ridiculous amount of points for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was right around what Vegas thought as far as the game went. I thought it was a solid, you know, not spectacular performance by Tennessee. Uh, we're going to talk to Joe Milton, uh, Grant Furking here in a little bit, and Joe Milton in his debut. I thought did some really good things. I thought you know there were some moments I'm sure he would like to have back as well. But what was on full display, Hutton, was the new style of Tennessee football. 88 plays. This is a team that ran 37 plays in their last time. The last game you saw them against Texas A&M. And they go from 37 offensive plays to 88 offensive plays in this game, 66 of them being run plays. Which, when they came out in the second half and had that eight-play, all-run, 72-yard drive, I thought that really finished the game off, quite frankly. Uh, The way they just put their will out there and ran over Bowling Green at that point. And that's where Tennessee had a lot of success, was with that offensive line in the run game. I think that was the most encouraging part about last night offensively. We'll talk with Austin and Brent about this, too. We spent a lot of time this offseason discussing – what Tennessee's offense would look like from a pace standpoint, how many plays they would try to run, how fast these drives would be. And we didn't know if the pace meant get to the line of scrimmage and do a check with me, but you know, keep it up tempo, or actually get to the line and snap the football. And that's exactly what it was. The scoring drives, every time Tennessee put up points, it was two minutes off the clock, a minute yeah. eight off the clock. I mean, it's fast-paced. And, and these are 70-plus-yard drives at yeah. times that are taking less than two minutes off the clock. Yeah, score. chunk plays in the run game, yeah. too. And and that was just – that's what jumped off the field to me. And everyone's watching Heupel and his offense and his quarterback. They, they wanted to know what was new about this offense. And from the first possession, you knew it. Well, and, it's, and I'm reading some of the YouTube chat comments also. And people are saying 88 plays despite a rough second quarter where they had eight yards. Yeah. You know, Bowling Green really controlled the clock the entire second quarter. <laughs> they outscored them. Tennessee had two six three and nothing. outs. Yeah. Six nothing Bowling Green in that second quarter. Tennessee had two three and outs, eight total yards, I think, in that second quarter. And they were still able to run 88 plays uh, the other three quarters, which is pretty astounding when you think about it. Something else that's pretty remarkable, not a single procedural penalty for Tennessee. And that's what I wanted to watch more than anything else was getting to the line, getting set, not having false starts. That's pretty remarkable in game number one. You don't have a single false start. They had two holding penalties that really hurt them. One knocked off a touchdown. Another one sort of started that rough second quarter where it set up a first and 20 where they were rolling up into that point at midfield, up 14-0, having scored back-to-back touchdowns in their first two drives. 
So I really thought the lack of procedural penalties was something pretty amazing about last night's performance for Tennessee. Clay is on his way right now to Charlotte, and he's going for Clemson and Georgia in that coverage for Fox Sports and uh, Fox Nation. Uh, He'll be doing that uh, tomorrow, today and tomorrow. You can join him as well, fanduel.com slash OK360. 30 to 1 odds right now at fanduel.com on just the money line straight bet on either Georgia or Clemson to win outright. 30 to 1 odds. You bet $5, Chad, you win $150 at 30 to 1 odds on just a straight money line bet this weekend for Georgia and Clemson. And as you like to say. What do I always say, Hudden? If you're not doing this by now, what in the world are you doing with your life? we got a guy betting $220,000 on Tennessee to cover 37 <laughs> points, and you won't take free money. You're sitting there right now watching this, and you won't put in the promo code and take the free money. Do it right now with FanDuel. Use that promo code, Hutton. What is it one more time? The promo code OK360. There you go. Do it now. Get promo it Promo code OK360. Jam-packed guest list today. We kick things off with Grant Furking, Tennessee wide receiver, quarterback Joe Milton also here as we broadcast live in Knoxville at Clancy's. Keep rolling with us on OutKick360. OutKick360 is back as we broadcast live in Knoxville alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Grant Furking joins us live on site as well here at Clancy's. Great to see you, man. Great to see you as well. Long time no see. Great event last night. Great event. I loved it. Big win. Big win, yeah. Knoxville is popping. For sure. Kicking the tour off. So take me through running through the tee last night. Yeah, you know, you I, led the way. Yeah, I did lead the way. I felt like it'd been a decade since we got to do it for real. Yeah. Last year, I felt like was a was a a short movie of of nothing. But um, <laughs> it was uh, it it's was a movie awesome. you wouldn't be renting yeah, after the, seeing it in the theaters. New right? Last we got year, the new LED lights. Yeah, yep. I thought it was great. Um, student section packed out, fourteen thousand. So that was awesome. Um, you know, I thought it, the crowd was great overall. I thought it was great. I mean, it looked. Uh, Hutton and I, I were mean, marveling take, at the especially the lower bowl. You couldn't yeah. see an empty seat. Yeah. And there were some, you know, splotches in the upper 100%. deck that is to be expected. But yeah, I thought the crowd was great Thursday night. I mean, look, you don't really get the the Memphis and Nashville crowd probably as much as you would on on say a Saturday, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting that crowd, I think it was close to eighty five. They announced it at so yeah. having that on a Thursday night, kicking it off was was perfect. And you know, best entrance in college football in my opinion. So, um, getting to do it, coming out with a big win, and uh, getting the thing rolling. Big one next week too noon pit ACC team so um, we're excited. Grant you've uh, emerged as the NIL guy uh, in terms of education behind it now you've got this time in the season where it's the first weekend of college football games are being played you're going to have scenarios where guys step up and have big nights and statistically are going to do big things and suddenly you're going to see maybe some more offers coming in for guys what's the advice to the player that steps out has a big week one and suddenly has other opportunities in terms of how to manage time and manage those opportunities with endorsement money. Yeah, hundred percent. And I talked about it all summer. I thought the the biggest opportunity for endorsement, engagement, partnership deals to happen was going to be within the first four to five weeks of the season, for the sole purpose of when NIL happened. It was in the midst of off season for almost every NCAA sport, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the College World Series had just finished in June. July 1, legislation takes place. So, sure, you have companies wanting to work with the 
50 to 100 student-athletes nationwide who are well-known, the Spencer Rattlers, the Bryce Youngs. But in many college towns and in many markets, a lot of these companies, uh, boosters, donors, are going to wait to see how these performances shake out before they're throwing big-time money on the table. So my advice to all athletes is, you know, what, if you have a big performance, when it comes, be prepared. Don't let that opportunity be, be wasted away. Educate yourself, prepare yourself, be sure your brand's on point so that company wants to interact with you and they want to showcase your brand at the same time you're showcasing their brand as well. So uh, my biggest advice, you know, and I've been preaching it all along, is worry about yourself first and making yourself the most marketable person and then the opportunities will come to follow. And, and I think that's when this thing will become a big thing. But, you know, I don't think we're, we're you know, too far off from seeing some big things happen. But, you know, we have a huge slate of games this weekend. You have stuff starting tonight. Tomorrow night, you have two big games mm-hmm. um, with Alabama, Miami, and then you have Georgia Clemson, the monster one tomorrow night. Yep. And then you have stuff on Labor Day. So um, I think here in the next 30 days or so, you'll see a lot of deals happen with some big-time companies wanting to interact with some of these big-time um, high-level athletes that have a, a big following on social media. Let's talk a little football. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned in the open, but no procedural penalties for Tennessee. Yeah. No false Huge. starts. Yeah. And uh, that was something that we talked about, you know, things I would be watching going into that game. Yeah was with this high-paced offense, can you avoid those types of mistakes? Yeah. And at least it's passing test yeah. one for last night. 100%. And I think, look, I mean, game one, new staff, um, a, a lot of opportunity to showcase a lot of different things. You have a new offense, kind of signature touch with the staff. But to come in and opening night Thursday, to come in, there's always going to be stuff to clean up, right? There's going to be X's and O's that you know aren't going to go as planned. You're going to need to get those fixed. But – if I'm a coach, you sit back and you look at that game and you're looking, you know, how's the effort? How are guys coming out? Are they playing snap to whistle? Are they playing 60 minutes? Or are they letting the stuff that's out of their control get into them? You know, penalties way down. You know, that's a huge check right there. Turnovers. You know, you look at that. Didn't have any of those. And then well, one turnover. Yeah, one, um, two, I think, two, late in the game. Turnover, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, you look at that and then you look at, you know, where do we go from here? I mean, I just, I, I don't think, you know, aside from X's and O's between the effort um, and, and just all the intangibles that you can't really coach, I think you got to be really happy coming out of game one um, with what happened and, and a lot of stuff to build on going into week two. I don't know if it's an edict uh, to show more personality or have more fun or appear to be having more fun or anything like that, but Hutton and I both reacted when you guys ran through the tee last yeah. night. There was a different energy. Yeah, uh, it was uh, you guys jumping around a little bit more, guys yeah. sprinting on the sideline. Yeah, I saw a lot more of that last yeah. night. Is that something you felt? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of different factors playing into that. I mean, you have you have guys that on our team who haven't played in front of a full Neyland Stadium and had a full game day experience. You're starting with the vol walk. I mean, rolling up and seeing thousands of fans lined up to greet you. I mean, you have guys who have been here going on their second year that haven't experienced that. Um, you go in, just the, the pageantry of, of, you know, the smells of the hot dogs rolling off the grill. I mean, all the stuff that make college football what it is here in the Pride of the Southland Band, all that stuff that plays into it. Um, and then you, on top, you have, you have Coach Hype, who is, you know, so big into the game day experience, having fun, picking up your teammates, um, bringing the energy on the sideline, having the hype squad going on. It just made for a fun experience for all 125 guys on our team. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, when fans are sitting up there and they see the players having fun, 
that feeds energy to them as well. You can have all the game day experiences, the fireworks, the light shows, great music, great DJ, all that was fantastic. But, you know, when you have guys on the sideline waving towels, jumping up and down on third down, I mean, that's what makes it fun. And, and to see guys out there having fun while also playing, whether they're on the field or just, you know, playing their role on the sideline, that's what that's what was so cool and I think is something that, that Tennessee fans wanted to see, right? You come into the season a lot of Tennessee fans' expectations probably aren't that high, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been crushed the past couple seasons. But to see a team come out, play with passion, play with energy um, for 60 minutes and have fun while doing it, I think that's the start of what is going to be so special with Coach Hype and this staff and what fans are going to want to see coming to games and just seeing the guys having fun and enjoying it. There's Of all the things we've talked about, Grant, with NIL and, and opportunities for players out there to yeah. monetize themselves, one thing I don't think I've talked about with you specifically with Tennessee is VFL Films. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching some of the pre-produced packages last night, and you know whatever goes on with Tennessee Athletics, VFL Films is undefeated. Yeah, it's are. amazing what they put together yeah. and the level of work put into it, the yeah. quality of it, um, the hype videos, everything else. That really is kind of something you could unlock if at Tennessee yeah. that helps your overall brand yeah. just because something you may have no part in that Tennessee's producing for you that could yeah. help. Hundred percent. They are they are the best. And I saw someone on Twitter said, you know, it's the gold orange standard. I mean, they yeah. are the best of what they do and they I mean they put well, on. Well it's become it the place like, that people go and try to hire yeah. people from that program it's to like, go through it when they're you in look at Tennessee. Like, I mean they put on that whole series during spring ball. You know, just showcasing what yeah. Tennessee football is, support staff, day in the life. And it, it seriously looked like a Hollywood movie. Like you yeah. go and get popcorn, sit back and watch it. And, you know, if you can market yourself and have folks help you market yourself and be attractive to brands, that's what's going to make you the most successful in NIL. And when you have VFL films and all the content, and the packages and the shots they have of you and that talent that they have producing it, to be able to just have those resources at your disposal is incredible. And we've talked about the, the market for NIL and Knoxville being so big. We're talking about businesses, donors, boosters. But, you know, within your own circle, within the athletic department, between compliance, between VFL films, between all the resources, you go over to the Thornton Academic Student Life Center, they have a whole curriculum and minor strictly in name, image, and likeness through the Haslam College of Business. I mean, these are all tools that places like UT are giving their student athletes and giving us to go out and be successful in this new field. And, you know, everywhere you look in every turn, there's just another resource there that wants to help you. I mean, I tell, I tell people all the time in part of the educational series, this is the only time in your life that you'll have this many resources at your disposal that are seriously there to help you. I mean, when, when do you have someone literally sitting there forcing you to go eat every day? Right. Yeah. When you have someone forcing <laughs> you to go work out every day, like when does that happen? Oh, hey, take your medicine. I mean, yeah, that's never going to happen again. And, and that's on the day to day football stuff. But you now have resources there that are pushing education to you on finances, on building your brand, on marketing strategies, using your social platform to go out and engage with brands. And that's something so unique to UT. And I think is something we have a competitive advantage of because of just the vast amount of resources we have here in Knoxville and that we're actually utilizing and giving to our student athletes. Chad and I are friends with Shannon Terry yeah. of Rivals and yeah. formerly of 24-7 Sports, now with On3. You're partnered with him. I am. Tell us yeah. how that came about. It really sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah. And what you're building, too. Well, because look, I, I always, I always yeah. figure with you there's, there's more to come. Yeah. 
Well, with Shannon, you know, if he calls you and he has yeah. something going on and he wants to bring you on, it's hard to say no to that guy. No, right? yeah, I you mean, have to, you have to say you're yes. talking about one of the most successful sports media entrepreneurs there is um and you know they bring you out to the pool house yeah oh yeah i've seen it in, <laughs> down in alice beach yeah. I mean, we've I, I've, I've been through it all um it sure knows how to have fun yes but, yes um he came to me shortly after um nil kind of happened when when the big release was july 1st and i had known him through uh, my girlfriend just through mutual connections in nashville family friends um he called me and got me on board with a lot of his team at on three that have been with him through all the rivals and 247 acquisitions and uh, basically said, we need a voice for NIL at On3. How do we make that voice effective and connect with student athletes? Another 40, 50 year old guy, washed up student athlete, rolling into a team room saying, you know, I played ball, here's how you go out and make yourself marketable, here's how you handle your finances. You know, I've sat in team rooms for the last five years through three different steps, right? Not everyone goes in there and just grasps that audience and connects with student athletes. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. Half the guys you have are asleep, half the guys don't show up, half the guys don't have notebooks. But when you bring someone in there and a relative age group gets the culture, can connect with student athletes, guys want to ask that guy questions. They want to meet with him after, follow him on social media, engage with him, shoot him texts. Hey, man, this deal just came across. How does this look? You know, we have a guy come in and talk about personal finances. Hey, man, how do you set up a bank account? Like, how can I go get a debit credit card? And I was like, Shannon, let's be completely educational in this next year. And let's not only produce high level content, passionate storytelling, me getting in front of the camera, interviewing people, talking about the things I just said, personal finances, building your brand. Why would a company want to give you money to go and market their brand? Who are you off the field? If, if a Home Depot or a Delta or a Coca-Cola is gonna go offer you a six figure marketing deal, they have to bet on you that you know when you go on their commercial on a Saturday in college football prime time, you know, are you going to go get arrested on Saturday night when you get back to town partying with all your friends, or are you going to take care of your business? Mm -hmm. Because you got a lot of little kids watching those commercials. You got a lot of people that look up to you in those in those hometowns. And we said, let's be completely educational and and just lay out a curriculum for these kids to want to engage with and go and kind of build that profile. On3 is going to have a massive database for student athletes. How can we get those guys to come and, and engage with that curriculum, want to learn it, and then how is that going to build their profile and make them attractive to companies and brands with this database and what their kind of NIL grade is? And so we're going to do that. And then in January, February, and March, I'm actually going to get out to a couple dozen schools across the country and actually get in front of these locker rooms, get in front of these team rooms, That's awesome. and, and talk to these student athletes. And, and we've talked about it many times. The vast majority of student athletes, I'm talking of the hundreds of thousands nationwide, division one, two, and three, male and female, aren't gonna make five and six figures off their direct name, image, and likeness. That's gonna be a, a very small percentage that you know are gonna go out, have a huge game, and boom, here's a six-figure deal. Where a lot of student athletes are gonna make money is going out and building a business, marketing the product or service, like I did, you know, seven years ago when I started my company from the ground up organically, grassroots giving them those tools, letting them know that you can be 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, play a division one sport at a, at a level as high as the SEC, have a social life, yeah. go get a business major, and on top of that, going out and running a company. Is it hard? Yes. Does it take a lot of time? Yes. Does it take time management? All those things that are, that are preached to, to every student athlete. But it can be done. 
And if you want to go out and, and ha be successful and, and engage with all these companies and be in the forefront of NIL and take advantage of this great opportunity in front of all these kids, that's the way to go do it. Not all these deals are just going to pop into your Twitter DMs one day and say, hey, here's a six-figure deal. Yeah. You know, what here's can you the do? check. Yeah. Cash it. Yeah. Now you don't have to do just anything. Just go shoot these commercials for me or go drive this car around and here you go. It's going to take hard work and you have to build a brand. But I mean, some of these kids, I mean, they're rolling out with 400, 500,000 Instagram followers, right? They, but they pair up with five or six teammates or, or five other student athletes across the, the country. I mean, you could have an audience of, of 2 million people wanting to engage with your product and service. And a lot of those are going to be fans of that team. Yes, I mean, how many for sure. fans do you think? For sure. Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama. If, if one of their players is out there marketing something, they might not even like whatever it is. But just the fact that they're an athlete of, of whatever school they support, they're going to go out and buy it. Yep. So a lot of these kids are going to make a, a boatload of money just because their fans want to support them. And so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to get out, encourage young entrepreneurship, teach these kids how to build a successful brand, be great young men and women off the field by showcasing what they're doing on the field and then turning that into dollars. What's the best way to learn more about this with On3 and what you're doing? On3, NILU, okay. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then follow along. We're going to be doing, we, you know, we just launched about a month ago, but we're going to be doing a ton of podcasts, interviews, short educational animation clips, and then, you know, we're going to be doing athlete MVPs every Monday who showcase their brand the best over the weekend. We're going to do interviews with them, help them promote their brand as well, but also promoting On3, and then January, February, March, if you're a student athlete watching this, there's a very good chance we're going to be in your locker room talking to you. So I look forward to speaking with you guys um, and just, you know, encouraging this whole marketplace of NIL to be entrepreneurship driven. Grant Furking, Tennessee wide receiver and just a straight businessman <laughs> has been our guest uh, here in Knoxville. Congrats on all the success. Thank you. Appreciate um, it. We had the mayor of Knox County on yesterday, yep. Chad. This guy's the mayor of the campus, yeah. if you want to say that. He was the mayor of the Outkick after party last night. Uh, how many, so how many t-shirts were actually that, handed out last night? You you, oh, you yeah. had like 500 ordered. Oh, we had like, we, I think there were 1,000 shirts. I don't know what, I don't like know what happened to the t-shirts, to be honest with you. They were given out before. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I they're all gone. So, yeah. I mean, they were, they were given out somehow. And I saw a lot of uh, Uptown Bar and Grill, you're welcome for those t-shirts that were left behind, is what we're saying. Yeah, a lot of cans were being yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, what a, what a great time. And, and thanks for having me on. Thanks, Love Grant. You guys. Appreciate yep. it. Yep. Grant Furking has been our guest. Coming up, Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton joins the show. Hang with us on Outkick 360. Outkick 360, live in Knoxville. Tennessee beats Bowling Green last night, 38-6. to And we've got the quarterback with us, Joe Milton, making the Tennessee Vols debut last night at Neyland Stadium. Congrats on the victory. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. How do you think you played? Uh, to me, I feel like I played all right. Um, I could do a lot better. You know, it's a lot to learn from from film, but, you know, got the dub. That's all that matter, huh? When did you know you were going to start? Um, like, privately, when did you know? I don't know, man. You know, I just every day I was just putting in work. Um, no matter what it is, I was helping my teammates out, uh, just pushing guys to be great. Um, so, no matter when they was going to announce a starter at the yeah. end of the day, if I wasn't a starter, I was going to keep working regardless. We kept. Wait, we, we're out of Nashville. We kept hearing Joe Milton's going to be the be the guy. Milton's the guy. Mm -hmm. And so we we just figured it, it was going to be the case. Austin and Brent were telling us that too. Um, and you were taking most of the reps, mentally preparing to be the guy. And when you transfer here, you expect to be the guy, don't you? Um, I mean, yeah. 
Um, that's just me yeah. um, being confident, but uh, working regardless, though. What is it about the Hypel offense that you love? Uh, just the tempo, you know, and then just spreading the ball down the field, catching guys off beat. Well, that's pretty much all it is, man. Joe Milton, our guest, Tennessee quarterback. And, Chad, the, the tempo was on full display last night. Well, and I talked about this a little bit with Grant and to open the show, but not a single false start or procedural penalty to me was the most impressive thing about the night in 88 plays that you guys ran. Had to be a point of emphasis in camp leading up to that, but was that something you guys really focused on in camp to get ready with this offense? Yes, uh, because that was the most um, crucial thing because jumping off sides, you know, we're moving fast. You got guys that's probably lining up slow or that's tired of getting, getting up off the ground. You know, it's just like uh, you got to make sure everybody's lined up correctly. And then once it's time to snap the ball, we all on the same page. So that's pretty much all we pushed off all camp, and we got it right last night. I'm a fan of just listening to quarterbacks talk ball uh, at every level. And you can really tell the guys that get it and understand football and know what they're doing versus some guys who don't. Uh, the offense at Michigan and what you ran, the big question mark coming to Tennessee was when you got here, you got here later than everyone else, it wasn't does Joe Milton have the ability to start. It was can Joe Milton figure out the playbook in time because the other guy's got a jump start on it. This is a very different offense, I feel like, from what you ran at Michigan. How tough was that adjustment when you got here going through the playbook and trying to get it to a level where maybe you haven't mastered it yet, but mm -hmm. you are good enough with it where you could win this starting job for week one? Um, it wasn't that hard learning the playbook. Um, I went through two playbooks at Michigan, so it wasn't that hard. Um, but, I mean, learning the playbook was probably the easiest thing. Uh, but it was all about just letting my teammates adapt to who I am and trying to buy into what I was saying before like just trying to go out there and just try to lead something. They don't know who I am, but learning the playbook was pretty easy. Is vocabulary the hardest thing for a quarterback even when you're changing systems? You said you had two offenses at Michigan, mm -hmm. then you go to Tennessee. Is that the toughest adjust? Because I'm just thinking personally, if I was doing something the year before and it was one word when you called out an audible or something, maybe that slips back in your head and you start saying that with your new teammates, and that's the hardest thing to adjust to? Or is this maybe more similar than we think when it in terms of vocabulary? Uh. Now, sometimes it may slip. You may think about something that's like sound familiar of like your lads or your previous offense, and you just be like, oh, uh, dang, I remember this play used to be that. But you just horn in on what that play is from this new offense and just stay with it. I have to ask this question because watching a lot of football, I have noticed this about Josh Heupel quarterbacks, and even going back to Missouri, and even before Josh Heupel got to Missouri's offensive coordinator, and Chase Daniels, another example of this, is a quarterback. Josh Heupel quarterbacks look different when they sit in the pocket because there's a calmness about them with their feet even that are different than other quarterbacks, where it looks like you were just standing perfectly still in the pocket, where you see a lot of feet shuffling with other quarterbacks and constant movement. Is that something that is a teaching point with Josh Heupel in terms of how you drop back, or is that just natural in how the offense works? Uh, no, nah, that's something that we that, that he preaches about, um, just having all 10, 10 feet in the ground, 10 toes in the ground, you know, just throwing off your inseams. But, you know, uh, just finding some type of rhythm is good, too. But at the end of the day, it's all about what you feel good at once you're back there because at the end of the day, it's like, how can you get the ball out quick? Is it fun having your head coach as a former quarterback, as a guy who's always watching the quarterback? It's not like you're playing for a defensive coordinator who's watching the secondary. You're – playing for the head guy who's always watching you in practice. Right. Um, no, nah, it feels great. You know, just 
knowing uh, knowing that I have a mastermind on the sideline that's like that's there and that's gonna be constantly there and that's gonna like push me to like be great. Um, I feel like that's like a real deal, like a new new step for me um, in my life and my future and this offense and this team. <clears throat> Which throw did you want back the most last night? Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, the two to Cedric. Um, I wanted those two back. Um, kind of when I let it go, I kind of wanted it back yeah. then. But you know, what'd you tell him? Told him I'd come back <laughs> okay. for sure. I'll come back to you, man. You know, that's pretty much the biggest thing. You know, just making sure them guys keep their head up, man. You know. Um, I see them all, you know, and they all got very nice talent and they all fast. So it's like, you know, once you tell them that you're coming back, you know, they believe in you. So and I just want them to know that I believe in them, too. How far can you actually throw a football? Uh, that's a great question. I really don't even know. I never like really maxed out my arm. Sometimes it like surprises me. Sometimes. You were airing it out last night and I was sitting with Chad. I said, this guy, he can put it up 80. Yeah, I mean. All depends, though, man. Sometimes it'll go further. It all depends on my agenda. Like, sometimes yeah. if I'm just throwing it, just throwing it. Like, if I'm trying to show off, sometimes it don't <laughs> go that far. But, like, if I'm just throwing and I don't know what I'm doing, like, not like I don't know what I'm doing, but, like, it's in the game, basically. Uh, it go further than I think. Like, like last night, it went further than <laughs> I thought. But, you know, I learned from it and know to put more air down. I got more room for error. Hutton asks you a couple throws maybe you would want back. Is there, when you go back and watch film, or even maybe right after play, is there a spot in the game where there's a throw you wish you made in the moment, that you saw something for a second and wish you would have, even if it's maybe a little bit risky to try to throw it? I'll give you one example, and you tell me if we're completely wrong, because we're up there watching from seats. We had an end zone view of one play where it was a successful play for Tennessee. You threw a rope uh, to Jalen Hyde on the sideline. It was the one that was reviewed. Where he stepped, yep. he caught it and stepped out before. You talking about the post running. with uh, Javante Payne? Yep. And then there was a post on the other side that you kind of motioned him at, on. You, you kind of looked at him off. and motioned him, and he looked open for a touchdown. Yeah. And then I mean, it was an impressive throw because you almost threw across your body back to Jalen Hyatt, and it was complete for a big play. For sure. Is that one you wish you threw to Peyton? Uh, man, it's a lot of plays that I wish I can get back, but you know. Um, it happened, but, but you remembered it when I started talking yeah, about for it. Sure. Yeah, for sure. No, I remember it. Um, well, in the moment, Joe, we thought you did that on purpose to get the safety to go with the receiver. Like you're motion in one way and you throw back the other. Yeah, Are we I reading mean, too much into that? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, you see how you see it, man. But <laughs> I can't tell you how I read it. But you see how you see it, man. But at the end of the day, it's like you know, it's basically like a fast break. Um, two on one fast break, but you know, just playing off it. Um, maybe I can maybe I could have hit him, uh, which I could have uh, yeah. wide open, but you know, uh, maybe I was getting too greedy. We're just nitpicking here, for we're sure, just trying sure. to get in your mind a nah, little bit. Could, what, man. what do you think? Hey, look, the, we're dumb, you can tell. Yeah, so, I mean, we're we, idiots. We've been called we're idiots. Worse. Like, we're again, we're sitting up there in the stands watching, and these are things we're seeing, so we're yeah. asking you about it for sure. For sure, what do you think the at the end of the season, and it's just a guess. But I see these touchdown drives of a minute 18, a little over two minutes, long drives at that. What do you think the longest drive will be? I don't know, Possession-wise in really, this offense. I really don't even know, man. You know, this, this offense is very special, and it takes very special people to run this offense. And, you know, it's like you never know what's going to happen. So it's like you play each play individually, and you just take it as it goes. I would think it would have to be something where you're almost milking the clock. 
know, you're up two possessions late in the game, and it's going to be a long yeah. drive because you keep having successful runs, yeah. and you're actually snapping the ball three on the play clock because you're trying to do that. Uh, it would almost be an intentional thing. Um, your ability to run, clearly you can do it, and mm-hmm. you showed a lot of that last night. You are a passing quarterback, though. Sure. You are a quarterback who wants to distribute the ball to your receivers. For sure. Um, are you okay with running plays being called for you, or, or are you a little bit, eh, I'd rather be passing it on this hey, play? Man, I'm a ball player. You know, whatever <laughs> they call, I execute. That's yeah. pretty much how it is, man. You know, uh, like I said, I got a mastermind that's on the sideline, got masterminds up top of the box, and whatever they call, we're going to execute. Let's talk a little more ball about last night. Josh Heupel said that the front for Bowling Green was doing something different than you guys expected mm-hmm. going into the game. Um, and there was an adjustment there at, at some point. I'm sure you've encountered, going back to your high school days, where you get something unexpected yeah. and you think you're going to see one thing and you see something else. How do you adjust to that? How did you guys adjust to that last night? I mean, our offense, and you know, you better come out what you come out with, man. Um, if you don't, then that's your fault. It's your loss. But you're saying they need to come out with what they normally do and not you, try to gimmick it up? If you gimmick it up, you gimmick it up. But at the end of the day, what we got in our playbooks and what we do and, we're, and the masterminds that's on our side, they know what to do when it's time. So it's like you pick your poison. I know you're not going to give us any trade secrets on your <laughs> offense, but you're only playing Bowling Green once. What did Bowling Green do that was different that you saw maybe on film a year ago now that you've already played them that they came out and did different last night? Nothing. Um, they did exactly what they did on film. Um they pretty much who they were. Um, you know, they kept it. They kept it simple. Um, they tried to funk it up a little bit. But once they get funky, we get simple. So it's all cool. <laughs> That's you a good a, quote. That should be a T-shirt that, right there. there. Yeah, we got the guys over here that make T-shirts uh, for them. Once you once you get funky, we get simple. Should be on a shirt. <laughs> I think Jacob would wear that shirt. Uh, yeah. Um, what uh, you yeah, played in the big house? Mm-hmm. Now you've played at Neyland. Comparable. Neyland. Neyland for sure. Neyland for sure. Would you say that either way? Kneeling for sure. What was it like last night? How would you describe your first game there? I don't know. After the first touchdown, um, after not playing in like a while and not taking hits like that. And um, getting it running. Right. And after the first touchdown, man, it was special. Uh, the lights, um, that really caught my attention. Uh, just like when I was looking in the crowds after I did my Superman, it was like the lights was just blinkering. And it was just going different colors. And I was just like, dang. <laughs> and, like, I wasn't, like, you know, shocked to anything new. It was just like I've been here before. Uh, it felt like a dream. But it was like when I blinked again, it was like, oh, it's real. Like, let me react with my teammates, though. Why, why was it – what do you, What made it extra special for you, scoring that way? Because um, you pointed that out, like, the way it happened. Just the way it happened, I mean, you know, I went through a lot last year um, by me getting hurt and, you know, not playing football for several months, not being being able to touch a football for several months. It's like just having the opportunity to score again and lead the team how I wanted to, you know, that's just very special. How long did you go without throwing a pass during that recovery? My recovery went by fast. I kind of rushed my recovery. Um, it was kind of like a month and a half. Um, I had surgery in December, December 23rd, and then I started throwing in February. So, so a couple months. Yeah. What? Um, you graduated from Michigan in three years. Yes. You have three years of eligibility at, at Tennessee. Are you going to be a surgeon by the time you're done at Tennessee? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're in graduate school right now. I mean, if you play out all three years, what type of degree? Are you going to have Dr. a PhD? Milton. Dr. Milton. Dr. Milton. Yeah. Uh, 
No, that's not my plans, man. You know, <laughs> what What is the graduate program like if you're a graduate school student at Tennessee? I'm not in the graduate program, actually. Uh, I'm just learning more about contracts, um, NFL contracts, learning how to read them. And then um, also food, because that's my second hobby. Uh, I like cooking. So, you know, just learning about the uh, the food side, just like yeah. different uh, seasonings, uh, different ways to cook things, and like the different side effects like you can have by like just serving stuff so you know that's probably like a big thing i know it's kind of like out of the ordinary but it's me how quickly do you guys get to work on cooking up a game plan for pittsburgh with the extra time now to prepare is that something that you maybe even started a little bit getting ready for the first game um no nah, not really um i mean we just now today put a put our bowling green game up past us uh but you know it's now it's time to move forward but I know the first thing in the morning, I know we're going to have our game plan ready. So, Well, you have you have the weekend off, I heard. Yeah. You'll spend that looking at Pittsburgh, won't yes. you? What's that regiment like for you? Man, you know, just seeing who the guys are. Um, you know, seeing the front, seeing the coverages, best behind it, seeing the pressures. Where do you start? What's the first thing you do to evaluate a defense? Uh, see the corners, see the safeties. Um, see who the nickels are, see who the linebackers are, see what type of guys they are. Um, so you go back to front. Yeah. You start secondary and go in yes. with what you're looking at? Yes. What does that tell you from the jump? Uh, all depends. Like, if it's if they play a lot of one high, then mm-hmm. I know what type of game we have. If they play a lot of uh, two high, then I know what type of game we have too. But, you know, teams play different against us. But, you know, it's life. You, how quickly are teams gassed against this offense? I know you've played one game, but you can tell even in practice yeah. going uh, to, as guys adjust to this style and this system. Sometimes it may be the second series. You never know. Um, but if I first drive long, then they're going to try to sub in. Were you getting upset with the officials that were? I did, man. I, I what you tell them? saw me yeah. asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, they held was, it up three or four straight three, times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to ask him, like, come on, man. I know you ain't not letting them sub like that. And yeah. he was like, um, come on, man. You know we got to. I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. You can move. And then he was pretty much like, uh, yeah, they can sub. It's fine. I'm like, all right, you got it. It's okay. I, I told Chad I didn't know what to expect from this Tennessee team. I knew coming into last night less about this team mm-hmm. than previous years because of all the turnover yeah at the end of the year what do you hope fans look back on and say about this Tennessee team that we fought we fought for everything we earned um and everything we want um we're gonna take mm-hmm. um but at the end of the day uh, don't criticize don't criticize us by the actions that you that you may have seen but just think about the overall picture uh we humans um, at the end of the day, we have feelings, uh, but you know, just don't just don't dwell on last year. Uh, think about the future. Uh, think about the present right now, uh, and just you know, treat us like how you want to be treated. You you seem like you have a lot of faith in your offensive line early on. I mean, I already you haven't been around them a long time, but watching you play last night, you were very comfortable back there and knowing that they had you. Yeah, those are my dudes, man. You know. Um, <laughs> We get a song going every time, you know, even in practice. Like, we get a song going, you know. It's always the same song, NBA Youngboy by uh, Nicki Minaj. So, I start singing it, and then you hear Coop, Coop singing it, and then you hear Sprags, and then you hear Jerome, then you hear Darnell, then you hear Kay. We all singing it. So, you know, we all have that connection that we can just bond how we want to. And I just want them to know that, man. I trust them. That's all it is, man. No matter who in front, I trust them.
You also had two running backs last night go for over 100 yards. That's the first time in Tennessee football since 2016 yeah. with Josh Dobbs and John Kelly. You had two players going 100 yards. Pretty good start for sure. uh, with a running game with those two guys. For sure. Nah, Tyon and uh, Jabari, they had a heck of a game, man. You know, uh, those two guys really worked hard over the fall camp since I've been here, and they just been striving. Um, and they always tell me the same thing when they come back there when they get in the game. Let's be perfect. You know, that's kind of that's hard to be. Yep. But at the end of the day, they strive for perfection. And those two, they, they really work hard. And I know for sure they're going to be in there tomorrow waiting on me. So, you know, let's go back to work. What would recruiting have been like for you out of Orlando with NIL in place Ooh. then? That's have great. you thought about that? No, I haven't. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I would have been, I don't know, number nine in the country. Uh I don't know. I feel like I would have got overlooked still. Really? Yeah. It probably would have been part of the pitch, though, right? Yeah. Whoever was recruiting you. I think there'd be I think more that'd competition. Be the biggest dif- difference yeah. if you would have had coaches talking to you about it. Yeah. But then again, you never know. Yeah. Because if when you're in that situation, then it might be different. But I don't know. I don't know how I think about that one. How would you compare uh, Knoxville to Ann Arbor as far as Ooh. towns? Because it's very different places for sure. Yeah. Uh, Both have pluses and minuses. Pros and cons of that, man. Ugh. Knoxville's bigger. Knoxville is bigger. Uh, and Arbor's all right. Yeah. It's not that bad. I'm a homebody, so, I mean, I really didn't explore much, but I yeah. did, you know, I did, like, travel around in Arbor. But Knoxville is a special place. I like the lights at night. That's probably the biggest thing. When I look out my window, you know, I just see the lights, and I just, like, it amazes me a lot. And then you see the stadium when you're driving on the river. Man. The bridge, I like the bridge a lot too, though. But I don't know. I feel like Knoxville way better in Arbor, though. You you haven't been here in the winter yet. I can tell you the winters <laughs> are better here than in Ann Arbor. That's for sure. I that mean, that that would had to be an adjustment, I, I right? Coming so. from Orlando. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> man, Ann Arbor was was crucial. That, <laughs> that winter ain't nothing to play with up there, but it is what it is, though. Man, I ate it for three years straight. So. Joe Milton has been our guest, Tennessee quarterback. A great first visit with you, man. Well, we hope it's not the last. I appreciate it. Appreciate both of y'all. Yeah, man. How good does it feel to be 1-0, by the way? Just to have that behind you already. Uh, already looking forward to the next game? Yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Was there pre- answer. There, is there any pressure going in where everybody wanted to know about the offense and the quarterback last night? Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to win that game. Right. Leading up to that game, does that cross your mind like, there's extra pressure because I'm I'm the guy everybody's wanting to watch. I've been in. That I mean, you're the. I know you're the quarterback, but yeah. it's a little bit different this year because you're the brand new quarterback running yeah. this offense. I mean, I was a brand new quarterback last year at Michigan. I've been in that situation before. You know, just got to stay humble and take what the defense give you. Best of luck to you, man. I appreciate it, man. Joe Milton has been our guest just around the corner of the VolQuest Power Hour and much, much more as we broadcast live in Knoxville for Outkick 360. Outkick 360, live from Clancy's in Knoxville. I'm Jonathan Hutton with Chad Withrow on the other end and Spire Sports in between. Time to talk some name image likeness, Chad. Well, we just talked to Joe Milton about what the recruiting process would have been like if NIL was around when he was the ninth-rated quarterback in the country. We can talk to Spire Sports about NIL and how it's actually being used in practice right now because they have a lot to do with it here in Knoxville with Tennessee. Hunter Bedore, James Clawson with us from Spire Sports. Hunter, I want to start with you, and I saw this all over social media. I think it's a great idea. 
um, these T-shirts that are being sold, the attack T-shirts, and you guys are behind it, and the proceeds go to the entire football team, not just one player. Um, well, first of all, Chad, Jonathan, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we got into the name, image, and likeness space, um, and certainly wanting to support the University of Tennessee football program, when you look across the country, the majority of these NIL deals are going to the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs, players that touch the ball. Um, I think there's less than five deals that involve the entire team, uh, and I don't think there's any deals that involve the entire team and the fan base. So we thought it'd be great to put something together that the whole team can get behind, uh, including players that are on scholarship that still come to practice every day, watch film and work hard. And again, this is something that the fans can support and uh, everybody can get behind this. Well, it's a great idea. And another great idea that I knew was coming was a media deal where you get some exclusive access and you start to get that sponsored. I've talked to, we're going to have uh, Austin Price and Brent Hubs on here soon. I know Austin Price is a part of this as well, uh, but you guys were able to secure something uh, with Austin Price, with Jason Swain, where they're going to be interviewing players and it's a part of an NIL package. And, and James, what can you tell us about this yeah, show? Yeah, so it's a, it's a show every Tuesday night. It's at, it's at a local restaurant, Gus's. And, you know, we pitched this idea to the community and to several businesses. And it was just like, hey, w- wouldn't it be nice to have an opportunity where players could come out during the week after a game, fans could interact, you could hear insights from the game, preview the next one. And, I mean, it's, it's just been a, it's been a home run. I think over 20,000 listeners, viewers for the first show. Which is great. Well, and it is. I can kind of get both of you guys take on this as, as we kind of wrap it up with what you guys are doing and what's next. You know, for Tennessee specifically, I think for every program, you don't want to fall behind, right? You don't want to be the program that's left in the dust, that's way behind on NIL. But I mean, everyone with a big fan base would go and say, well, we, we've got our advantages too. Um, that's sort of the goal here, right? There are some inherent advantages in the state of Tennessee, in Knoxville specifically, and with this fan base that I know you guys at Spire Sports are looking to tap into. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I would argue that Vol Nation is the most passionate fan base in the country, and they're looking for a reason to get excited. Um, and I think pretty quickly fan bases across the country are going to realize that uh, name, image, and likeness, having a friendly NIL campus, meaning players know they're going to go there and get deals, um, could be the, the biggest uh, recruiting factor for the top players coming out of high school. Knoxville is a great market, one of the biggest in the SEC. We have no in-state competition. We don't, don't really count Vanderbilt, right? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, Tennessee's set up for, for NIL success if we can get get businesses and, and companies to understand that. Hunter Bedore, James Clawson, Spire Sports Group, uh, doing some interesting work with NIL in that space, especially here in Knoxville with Tennessee. Thank you, guys. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thank you all. Coming up, Brent Hubs, Austin Price, the VolQuest Power Hour, live in Knoxville on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.